This morning's gospel lesson comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Listen for the Word of God as it touches your hearts, your minds, and your souls. And Jesus says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. And when he went out again noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around and he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard. And when evening came, which was six o'clock, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage, a denarii. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage, a denarii. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last worked only an hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But the landowner replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> you know, from a wage perspective, don't you feel just a little uptight about this story? The pay scale was an increasing an allowance. Hey, it's just not right. It's not right that the last, the ones that worked an hour got a denarii per hour, and those that worked for eight hours got something less than that per hour. I can't do the math anymore. Everyone knows that the landowner was absolutely crazy. Everyone received a denarii for their work, be it eight hours, be it one. It just isn't fair. Yet, they weren't the ones 
that we're paying the bills. Praise God we don't earn grace because of our longevity of faith or position in the church. The story we heard this morning is good news. No, no, the story this morning is great news for you and I. Imagine if God dripped out grace on a graduated scale from longest believer to shortest believer. Uh, believe it or not, we're on the tail end of that 2,000 years. Yes, even somebody that might be 98 or 100, we're, the pay scale, you know what? There's not that much difference between me, 100, compared to 2,000. Those folks 2,000 years ago, can you imagine the grace they would have received and us for the last oh, 100 years or so? Not so much. Or should I have said the scale is based on years of service? Thank goodness grace is not dripped out like we, you and I, quantify things. God's love and God's grace is sufficient for all of us. And that grace is not dripped out, nor is it measured out. It's given out abundantly to each and every one of us because that grace was given through the gift of the Son, God's Son. It, what was sufficient 2,000 years ago still holds true today and will hold true tomorrow and thereafter. Not only is God's grace sufficient and generous, but God was not done. And God is not done. I've always been amazed at the complexity of playbooks for the NFL. Did you get that segue? I've always, been, I've always been amazed at the complexity of those. A playbook contains all the plays offensively and defensively that a team runs. Complete with all the audibles, all the changes that can be made by a player on the field. Players are given a playbook to memorize. Each play has a number and a name combination which is embedded in the instructions. And if you hear the quarterback calling out the plays, you'll hear him say all kinds of crazy things. Well, they all mean something. It, it directs the position that each player is supposed to, to be in with all the assignments that they're supposed to run in that given play. You all understood that, right? All right, here's another one. All right, for all you Dancing with the Stars fans, all right, or, or Fred Astaire fans, uh, you know, it, it's the dance moves that you need to learn to complete the dance correctly. They don't put feet on the floor anymore, but they have all these steps that you have to memorize. Point your toes, dance on the balls of your feet, keep the straight line, don't push your rear end out, smile, extend your arms, put your head back, flick your feet crisply. Really? Let's go back to football, because I know more about that. <laughs> when I played football, I only had to learn about 20 plays. Only had to learn about 20 plays, not, not a book like this. Uh, and it was 19 plays, too many. So I began to figure out what other strengths I might have instead of being a quarterback. I don't dance, for sure, because I have trouble walking without tripping. I have trouble standing without falling. Pe people will tell you that as of yesterday. They know. I had trouble walking because I tripped. And playbooks on the floor and feet on the floor, they're no good to me. But God provides us a way. The truth and the light 
for our work on the journey of life and faith. God gave us the playbook to look at, to study, to learn, to know, to memorize. To memorize. God's Word encourages us. It teaches us. It guides us. It illuminates our minds. It shows us the truths to hold on to through the ages. And you know what? God wants us to succeed. To succeed in a life, and not only to succeed, but to live life to its fullest. So God does that by pointing us to the truth. Our faith is not just an opinion. It's rooted in an unchanging truth of God, revealed to us by the Spirit in the pages of that written book there, and the spoken word that we might hear here. God's words are like the rain that waters the roots of faith, that produces the fruits of faith, and then quenches our thirst to understand it. It helps us keep focused and gives us a different set of values with the gift that the Son gave us. And the Son is the center of that faith, of how we live. It provides us wisdom. It gives us courage. It gives us truth that we base our lives on. It sounds intimidating, but it's not. Jesus promises us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. The Apostle Paul tells us in his first letter to Timothy to base our lives on righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. All too often, you and I, we take our eye off the prize and we look around us in envy. What did uh, C.S. Lewis say about that envy thing and that pride thing? It is, I think, the root of all evil. But it, it leads us down a wrong path. Because it gives us to being concerned with what the other party has versus what we have. Are we winning the game in life? Did we win all the prizes? Well, if that's the case, Warren Buffett won. Is he truly more blessed than I? I believe absolutely not. I believe absolutely not. There are needs that are met. What are my needs? What does God provide for me? Oh, God gives me everything. Everything I need to walk day by day in faith. Just like God gives to you, day by day, gives you what you need. Friends, God's grace and love is the same and enough for each of us. And there is no scale. God has been generous beyond all understanding. We know it's not the amount of wages God pays, but the abundance of grace and love that God gives us in faith. You and I cannot be, we must not be concerned with the length or how people believe, or even if they believe. We can only lift up the word, you and I. You can only do the work that we are called to do. We can only open up the door to faith, open up the door to hospitality, and let people decide for themselves. We must, what I call, invite them into the sandbox. They have to decide to play. We cannot be concerned with how much they earn if they cannot come to faith late. Uh, you, 
we have to praise God. And that God uses us for them to come. For them to come because our debts, our debts have already been paid. Our debts are already paid and we will have an abundant life that is blessed by a loving and gracious God. Now, I'm not talking about that theology of abundance. That's a different thing. God gives us exactly what we need to live each day of our lives, every moment of those lives. Friends, there may be trials in front of us sometimes, but they always remember that Jesus is beside us. He is already there lifting us up and putting us up on his shoulders and carrying us. Carrying us on the path, his way. And he will always protect us. He leaves us with that promise of abundant grace and everlasting life. God sent that son to die so that by faith we might live and take up our cross. Not his cross, but our cross. And follow him. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, God's grace was not cheap. And his words are not empty. For his is a promise of eternal life. And because of our faith, he will lead us in his way. It was at his cross that God assured us that our sins are forgiven because of what happened on that cross and rising again from that death because of that resurrection. Next week, next week you and I come together to remember the sacrifice at his table. His sacrifice and he invites each and every one of us to come to the table to sup together to eat together to commune together to be with him and the communion of saints for yes today we are with the body of Christ all of us together because of the grace that God has bestowed upon each and every one of us Amen and Amen. Let us pray.